Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Well, grab a Bible if you would and start turning over to Deuteronomy chapter 7. You know, we've been on this journey for a long time. Uh, Coming up on a year, we've been studying the life of Moses, journeying along with him. It's actually coming to a close at the end of this month. Uh, We'll be wrapping up this study of Moses. And uh, it's been a great study. I feel like we've been actually, um, it's been our story. Even though it's thousands of years ago, it seems like this has been our story uh, this last year of where God is leading us and where God is taking us. And uh, today's no different. As we think about July 4th, and we think about what that means about being independent. And uh, so I went back this morning and I was reading through the Declaration of Independence just to say what all's in there. And uh, most of us, I think, probably know very little of what's in there uh, because we focus on just a couple parts of it, but it's, it's a whole document, great document. And as we talk about freedom for a moment, here's what I want you to start pondering. Anytime we talk about freedom, we have to, we have to determine if it's freedom from something or if it's free to do something. It's easy to talk about what are we free from, like they were free from the tyranny of taxation without representation. That's what they were free from. That's what we were fighting for, to be free from the tyranny of the king of Great Britain. That was what we were struggling for independence from. But then there was also a freedom to, a freedom to worship God without, if you will, the state saying this is how it must be done or what must be done. So it was a freedom to worship God. And so we, we know this, this one statement in the Declaration of Independence, but I want to read it again. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator. From the beginning, it was about God. They are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what we're fighting for. The freedom to follow God. The freedom to to worship God like we're doing this morning and not be worried about the tyranny of anybody coming in and saying, you can't do this. It's what we want is the freedom to follow God. You know, today I want to talk to you really simply as we look at Deuteronomy 7 is I want you to think about your life for a moment. It seems like as I get older, um, I'm becoming more simple. And here's a really simple thing about life. The question that is on, for every human being is do you want a relationship with God or not? It really boils down to that very simple thing. And I think there's a lot of people that want heaven, but they don't necessarily want God. And I think if you think about your life, this is all God wants to know. Do you love him? 
Do you want to spend eternity with Him? Or not? And I think there's a lot of people that are fighting when we talk about the separation of church and state. Really what they're saying is, we don't want God, we want to do whatever we want to do. God allows that. You want to follow God? Then follow God. If you don't want to follow God, then God's not going to force us to do anything. Because it's a relationship, and you can't force somebody into a relationship. You can't argue with somebody to love you. I mean, think about it. How can you get somebody to love you? You can't argue, reason, you can't debate, you can't fight, you, you can't get anybody to love you. You can only love them and hope that they would love you in return. And that's what God does. God loves us dearly. And all he wants is for us to love him in return. And those who love him will spend eternity with him. Those who don't want him now on earth, why would they want to spend eternity with God? It's really that simple. If we want a relationship with God, God's like, then come join me forever. And we're, we're going to have an amazing relationship forever. But on the flip side, if we don't want God, why in the world would we want to go to heaven and spend eternity with God if you don't want God? And it really comes down to the simplicity of that. And sometimes we're like, well, it has to do with you know sin and how bad and how... Stop. Do we love Jesus? Do we not love Jesus? Do we want God? Do we, want, do we not want God? I want you to keep that in mind as we read through this because this can be difficult for us to understand unless you look at it from the scope of do we want God or do we not want God? What happens to those who want God? What happens to those who don't want God? God's going to kind of spell this out for us today. All right, so Deuteronomy 7 they're getting ready to go into the promised land. Moses writes, When the Lord your God brings you into the land you're about to enter and occupy, He will clear away many nations ahead of you. The Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, you must completely destroy them, make no treaties with them, and show them no mercy. Boy, if you're not wrestling with that, I mean, I wrestle with that. Why not just drive them out? Like, you got to leave the land. Why would God say, you got to wipe them out? We're going to see in just a little bit that they didn't want God. They were worshiping other gods. They were worshiping idols. And here's the thing that I don't think we can fully understand, but I just want to simply address. If you don't want God... And God says, then you're going to be wiped out. 
but they didn't want God anyways. And God was clearing the way for a nation that wanted him. And so if you're wrestling with this, I am too. Why would God say that you've got to wipe them out? Why? Why show no mercy? Or God calls us to love everybody. Why would God say do that? I, I don't know. And I don't want to stand in judgment. And I want to be careful that we don't stand in judgment against God and say, you shouldn't have done that. That's for God to decide, not us. We don't understand God. We don't understand his ways. We don't understand why he does what he does. Sometimes people stand in judgment for God about what he does in their life, how he answers prayer, how he doesn't answer prayer. The number one reason why people leave church is because something happened in their life and they're angry with God about and they didn't agree with God about. And so, almost in defiance, it's like, God, if you're going to treat me that way, I don't want to follow you anymore. And then they stop. So this is a hard, if you're wrestling with this, like, why would God say wipe them out? I don't know. I don't know. But this might help you as we go on now. Verse 3. You must not intermarry with them. Do not let your daughters and sons marry their sons and daughters. Here's why. For they will lead your children away from me to worship other gods. I hope what you start to see here, God's passion for us, God wants us in a relationship with Him. He wants that so bad, He's willing to go to almost any length to keep us in a relationship with Him. So understand it's out of love for His people, love for their eternity, love for them, that He said, don't intermarry with them because they will lead your hearts away from God. And that's what God was most concerned about. How can He protect them? But I think the same is true today. God desperately wants to protect us in our relationship with Him because this life matters for eternity. And God doesn't want to lose us on earth and then lose us for eternity. He's going to do anything and everything to keep us close to Him. And we may not always agree, but understand that the purpose is out of His love for us and not wanting to lose anyone. That's why God does what He does. Now, if they do this, this is the end of verse 4, if they lead your children away from me to worship other gods, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and He will quickly destroy you. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want to lose anybody. He doesn't want to see anybody destroyed. Verse 5, this is what you must do. You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars. Cut down their asher poles and burn their idols. In other words, if there's any remnant at all of worshiping other gods, get rid of it so that it doesn't become a snare, so that it doesn't become a trap, so you're not enticed to worship any other god. God wanted them to remove everything in their life that would take them away from a relationship with God. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that's great advice for us today. 
If there's anything in our life that's taking us away from our relationship with God, God would say get rid of it. Because it may give a little bit of earthly pleasure at the cost of eternity with God. God's willing to sacrifice earthly for the eternal. See, I don't think we can comprehend that, can we? Can we really comprehend eternity? No end? I mean, that's beyond us. The only thing that maybe comes a little bit close to this, uh, I've been watching my dog lately, and it's really funny, because if you leave the house for five minutes, he treats me as though I've been gone for days. He's so excited to see me after five minutes, like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen you in forever, and he's super excited. And if I'm gone all day, and then I come see him, he's super excited. So here's what I think it is. The dog has no comprehension of time. No comprehension. Five minutes, five hours, and him, same thing. No different. He can't comprehend it. And I'm like, golly, that's kind of like us. Can we really understand eternity? And if we can't understand eternity, we'll never understand why God is so relentless on this time on earth to try to remove things in our lives that are keeping us from a relationship with him. And we don't understand how hard God is working to bring as many as he can into a relationship with him. We'll never understand because it seems like life is long and God does everything to keep us into a relationship, to, to bring us in and to keep us in a relationship with him. Because God knows the impact of that is forever. And I don't think we can fully comprehend that. So here's what God says, verse 6. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on, on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. You realize God would say that about us. When we believe in Jesus, we are holy to the Lord. You know what that means? That God washes us, cleanses us from our sin, and sets us apart for his special purpose. That's what holy means. And God calls us his treasured possession. The person sitting next to you is God's treasured possession. You are God's treasured possession. That's how God sees you, like a treasure. Like you found a treasure in you. Like, oh my goodness, you're a treasure. And God treasures us. That's how he feels about us. Now we're going to start to see how much God loves us. Verse 7. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. Boy, if I stopped right there and just said amen to that, that's enough. It was simply that the Lord loves you. You are so loved 
by God. And he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Understand, therefore. Okay, can I just stop there before we even go on? How can God communicate like with force, with like emphasis, with like, like, therefore? Like, listen. You know, like, you ever listen to a speech, then you get to, therefore, pay attention. Because that's what they're trying to tell you. Or resolved, you know, we were at the convention last week. Whereas, 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 whereas. Nobody cared about those. Resolved. Okay, that's all that matters. This is kind of the same thing with God. He says, understand, therefore, like, really listen, that the Lord your God is indeed God. That's what he wants you to know. He's God, and he loves you. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Did you catch those words? Lavishes. What does that mean? I mean, when God says he loves you, that's one thing. But when God lavish, I mean, isn't that like the utmost of he's pouring it out? He can't show you enough. He can't tell you enough. He's trying to overwhelm us, lavishing, like he's lavishing his love, his unfailing love on those who love him. It's pretty simple, isn't it? When we come to that place of saying, I believe in Jesus, and you love God, what's God do? Pours heaven lovingly. You're forgiven. You're treasured. You're cared for. God intercedes for you. God forgives you. God prepares a place for you in heaven. God wants to spend eternity with you. How much more can God lavish? That's what God's trying to do. But it's simple. He says, on those who love him. And what's he obey his commands? Oh, that's simple too. That when you realize how much God loves you, it stirs in us to say, then I want to do what you want me to do. That's all. Do we do it perfectly? No. Do we mess up? All time. Do we fail God? All time. But do we still try? Why? Because He loves us, and I want to try to do what He wants me to do. And I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep failing. I'm going to keep messing up. I'm going to keep coming up short. But I'm not going to stop trying. Why? Because of His love for us. I don't think we can fully comprehend that. All right, verse 10. But he does not hesitate to punish and destroy those who reject him. Oh, golly, that hurts, doesn't it? So if we, if we love him, he lavishes his love. But if he rejects, if we reject him, 
there's nothing there for them. Therefore, you must obey all these commands, decrees, and regulations I'm giving you today. Okay, here's more love from God. If you listen to these regulations and faithfully obey them, the Lord your God will keep his covenant of unfailing love with you as he promised with an oath to your ancestors. That's a cool thing if you think about it. When Abraham, when he called Abraham and Abraham walked through the land, God said, I promise you, Abraham, your descendants are going to have this land. Simple promise. Hundreds of years later, God never forgets his promises. Brings them back and says, I'm doing what I told you I would do. Why? Because of God's love for us. Verse 13. He will love you and bless you. And he will give you many children. He will give fertility to your, law, your land and your animals. When you arrive in the land, he swore to give your ancestors. You will have large harvests of grain, new wine, olive oil, and great herds of cattle, sheep, goats. You'll be blessed above all the nations of the earth. None of your men or women will be childless, and all your livestock will bear young. And the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer from the terrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all your enemies. Do you get a sense when you read that that it's almost like a dam, you know, holding back water? That God has all these promises of love, of blessing. It's like he, he's holding back his blessing and he's just like, do you love me? Do you want to spend eternity with me? Yes. God breaks the dam. Whoosh, you know? That's what God wants. But the dam's held back, and when somebody says, I don't want you, I can't imagine a heartfelt agony God feels. Like, you, you don't want my love? You don't want my blessing? You don't want to spend eternity with me? You want your freedom to do whatever you want to do and reject me? That's called free will. God says, I'll let you make that choice. But like a dam being held back, it's so empty. This is why God wants us to love people. Remember, you can't argue with them into a relationship. You can't fight with them. You can't debate them. You can't reason. You can't force them. You can't coerce them. You can't manipulate them. You can only love people so they experience this love and want a relationship with God. That's why we're doing community ministries. How can we love people more in our community? And you know what church should be? When we come to worship, it should be the most loving place you could ever find on planet Earth. As close to heaven as you can get because people who are here are on their way to heaven. I pray that when you come in on Sunday morning that you make every person you encounter here feel loved. 
so that when we walk out of here after, after worshiping God, we just feel like, I was loved today. I was loved by God. I was loved by his people. Because you know what? If that's the kind of church we are, my goodness, people are going to be breaking the doors down to get in to experience love, genuine love. Because you can't find it anywhere. And you know what I can't imagine? I want you to think about Jesus for a minute. Imagine God having a conversation with his son. I'm going to send you down to planet Earth. I want you to show them how much we love them. Heal them of their diseases. Feed them. Guide them, teach them, help them, show them heaven. And God knew it. But what did we do to him? We crucified him. I can't imagine why God didn't take us like a baseball in, in the universe and throw planet Earth as far as God could throw it. Like, how could you do that to God's Son? And there's only one reason. It's called love. He loved us enough to let us crucify His Son. And He didn't wipe us out because of it. Raised him up three days later so that we might believe that he really was God's son. But the idea was pretty simple. God wanted us to show, he wanted to show us his love for us is so great, God will withhold nothing from us to show us how much he loves us. Why? goes back to what I said earlier. Because you can't force somebody, compel them, manipulate them, reason. You can only show them. The cross was the greatest expression of God's love that we'll ever know. There's no greater way for God to show us He loves us. There's no greater thing God could do. And he did it so that when we understand what he did for us, that we're overwhelmed with love. That we say to God, I want to love you in return. That's why when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, it's all God wants is for us to love Him and return, simply. So if you hear nothing else in the message today, you've been daydreaming the whole time, would you remember this, that God loves you overwhelmingly, lavishes His love on you for one reason, so that you'll love Him in return. And then he sends us out. 
Go love every person you meet. Lavish God's love on them so that when they say, why do you love me so much? Simple, God loves me, I wanna love you so that you might love God. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, when you came to this earth, it was the greatest expression of your love. It was the greatest expression of your Father's love for us. It's why when we read, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. How can we ever say thank you, God? And on this July 4th weekend, as we talk about freedom, thank you that we have the freedom to know you. We have the freedom to love you. We have the freedom to worship you. We have the freedom to follow you. Thank you for that freedom that we have, God. We're one of the most blessed nations in the whole world because we have the freedom to love you and worship you, and we want to say thank you for that. Jesus, help us to just love every person we meet with the love that you have for us so that they might know you through us. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.